We're going to go to book, the book of Job. We're still in the book of Job. Our uh, series going through the book of Job, the faith of Job. Job chapter number 12. We'll actually be in Job chapter 12 and Job chapter 13. Uh, don't get nervous. I know there's a lot of verses there. But uh, I've got it whittled down a little bit, so everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be good. <clears throat> Job chapter number 12, and uh, we're going to read, we'll begin reading verse number 1, and I'm uh, just going to read a few verses, then if you'll leave your Bible open, we're going we're to review some more things as we get on into the message. Job chapter 12, verse 1. And Job answered and said, No doubt, but ye are people, and wisdom shall die with you. But I have understanding as well as you. I'm not inferior to you, yea, who knoweth not such things as these. I am as one mocked of his neighbor who calleth upon God, and he answereth them. The just upright man is laughed to scorn, he that is ready to slip with his feet is a lamp despised in the thought of him that is at ease. Um, I titled the message tonight, Holding On to God. And I think we can understand that a little bit, a little bit better by the time we get to the end. Let's pray, we'll get, we'll get right on with it. <clears throat> Father, thank you, Lord, again, for just being so good to us. And thank you for the Bible and I pray that you'd open our understanding tonight. I pray you'd help us to be focused, be tuned in. Lord, be asking you, even now, asking you, God, speak to my heart. Do something in my life. Help, help me to God. Help me, God. Help me. Search me. Try me. Help me. Lord, I pray tonight that you'd use your word as a tool, that you'd use it in the lives of people. Please help us preach with power. We pray. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing, for the reading of the Word of God, and please be seated. In your life, have you ever been push to that place where your thoughts are, I've had enough. Whether you're dealing with somebody, talking with somebody, and the situation is gone in a direction that's not right, it's not correct, not good, and you finally just say, that's it, I've had enough. That's where Job is right now. That's exactly where he's at. No, no, no. I mean, you noticed it there when we started out. Job answered and said, No doubt, but you're the people and wisdom shall die with you. I mean, he's listening to these guys. These, these friends that have come to him tried to encourage encourage him and all. And man, all they've done, no, no, no. I'm, I'm telling you, Zophar's vicious allegations had struck a nerve. And so Job begins to retaliate. <clears throat> 
with this piercing sarcasm, Job fires back at his comforters. And he takes them, he takes them to at uh, he takes them to task for their unwarranted criticism. Remember, their criticism is unwarranted. Come on, okay. So Job lost everything he had. He lost all of his children, he lost all of his goods, he lost all of his riches. Uh, his wife told him, Why don't you just curse God and die? Uh, he's lost his health. He's got boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He's sitting downtown in a pile of ashes with a broken pot, a broken piece of pottery. He's scraping boils off of him. He's got three friends that come to him. He's thinking, man, I finally have somebody that's going to give me some comfort. And then by the time the three of them get through speaking, it's like, with friends like that, who needs enemies? That's where he's at. I mean, it's like, and, 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 and they think, that there's awful sin in his life. Job, you've got to be a wicked sinner. There's got to be some hidden sin in your life. You, you, you have been bad, and that's why you're having to go through all of these things. Now, was there sin in Job's life? To an extent. Just like everybody. Come on, we're all sinners saved by grace. Was there some, was there some hidden wicked sin in, God's, in Job's life? No. No, there was not. Because God is the one that said that He was perfect and upright and eschewed evil. I mean, God is the one that said that. Somebody say amen. And so, Job's doing what he's supposed to do. He's sacrificing to God. He's living his life for God. He's lifting up his kids in prayer. He's doing what he is supposed to do. And these guys rail on him. He can't take it anymore. And then being, as it seems, as it seems, he was thoroughly irritated. Job tells them that he knows God as well as any of them. You're trying to tell me what God is saying, and I want to let you know something, buddy. I know God as well as you do. What he says. Really, chapters 12 through 14 records the very longest response that Job has to these accusers. And he starts out by giving some really strong statements about faith. And by the end of it all, he begins to admit to his weaknesses as a human. That's a good place to get to. I said, that's a good place to get to. A place that we're willing to admit. I mean, no, I mean, we may be doing things in the right way, but none of us have arrived. None of us are where we need to be. All of us need a little more help somewhere in some part of our life. All of us fall short of the glory of God. And, and at, by the time he gets to the end, he's, he's talking about those things. And, and in between those two places, he states again very powerfully his want. He, he has this want to have a face-to-face talk with God. I need to have a face-to-face talk with God about everything that has gone on in my life. He's got it figured out that his friends do not have the answer. He was hoping that these three friends would come, they'd comfort him, and they would give him the answer. Why am I going through this? And he was really looking at them. Why am I going through this? And he was hoping that at least one of them would come up with something that was a viable answer, and they haven't proven anything anything at all whatsoever. Really, they've just accused him of, 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 of something that's not right. And we have to remember this, that there is only one that can make clear why Job has gone through what he has gone through, and that is God. God's the only one that can make that clear. And tonight I'd like to focus on the statements that Job hear about his faith regarding God. Because no matter, no, no matter what he went through all this time, he, he had some upset times, didn't he? He said, man, maybe it'd be better if I wasn't even born. 
But if you would lost everything you had and was in bad health, you may have said that too. And now his friends have railed on him for all this time, and finally he says, that's enough, I'm sick of you guys. I know it's not set like that, but it's pretty much his mindset. And so, wow, wow, Job got really upset. You'd be upset. I'd be upset. But through all of this, he held on to God. He held on to his faith in God. And really do, we hear about the faith of Job, the faith of Job. And it is true that Job had great faith considering everything that he went through. And I believe that we can learn some things through this portion of Scripture that are very applicable to our own lives as we see it here. So Job starts out talking about his faith and the sovereignty of God. And he reminds us that God is in control. God's in control. God is sovereign. Uh, God, God's exercise of His supreme, uh, uh, supremacy is, is His sovereignty. It, it, speaks of, it, speaks, it, it speaks of the unquestionable manner in the way that all things have been assigned uh, individual places, uh, the way that they serve God's purposes, and how they are used to fulfill God's plan. God is sovereign over the whole world. He's put things in place. Come on, He's the one that created the heavens and the earth. He is the one that brought life to the earth. Doesn't matter what the, what the evolutionists say. He is the one that has put things in motion. And they are all here, we have to remember, they are all here to fulfill His plans. And so He talks about His sovereignty. And He talks about the extent of His sovereignty. Look at verse 6 there. It says, The tabernacles of robbers prosper, and they that provoke God are secure, into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. But ask now the beast, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee, or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee. And the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee, Who knoweth not in all these things that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? In whose hand is the soul of every living thing, and the breath of all mankind? Doth not the ear try words, and the mouth taste his meat? With the ancient is wisdom, in length of days is understanding. So it extends to all creation. No, no, no. He, he's, he's saying it in there. He said, man, talk to the fishes, talk to the trees, talk to the fowls. I mean, talk to... God has wrought all of this. It extends to all of creation, and it is, it is uh, exercised in the life of every man. Verse number 10, the last part of the verse says, in the breath of all mankind. Now, verse number 10 makes it pretty clear, excuse me, that there is not a creature living that lives outside of God's providence, and that there is not a person living that draws their next breath without God's permission. I'm telling you, our heart continues to beat because of God. We are allowed to draw the next breath because of God. Come on, there is a God in heaven. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is the Creator. And, and we do not do anything without Him. And Job is making it very, very clear here that God has absolute sovereign over everything. I'm here to tell you right now, if you would get that down and decide that you are going to believe that, that will make the rest of your life go a whole lot better. Come on, that we can trust God that much? 
Come on, have the evolutionists gotten our heads so bad so much that we that that we've bought into some of this stuff, that we bought into some of the stuff that 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 mankind has created and made it more important than what God has done. I'm telling you, God is all powerful, He's all knowing, He is the creator, and we can trust that He is in control. Then in the next 13 verses. Job strengthens his argument about all this by showing God's sovereignty with particular examples uh, that he has there. We see the practice of, of the sovereignty of God, and how God shows it in His power. Look down to verse number 14. It says, Behold, talking about God, uh, Behold, uh, well, let's back up just a little bit. Uh, verse number 12, With the ancient is wisdom, and length of days understanding. With him is wisdom and strength. He hath counsel and understanding, behold, he breaketh down, and it cannot be built again. He shutteth up a man, and there can be no opening. Behold, he withholdeth the waters, and they dry up. Also, he sendeth them out, and they overturn uh, the earth. With him is strength and wisdom. Uh, the deceived and deceiver are his. And so, we see the practice of this. It shows up in his power. God is able to destroy that which man hath built, to such an extent that it cannot ever be built again. <clears throat> Back in the day, the city of, of Sodom and Gomorrah were huge cities. They were very large, very populated. But we know because of their wickedness that they were totally destroyed. Now, I've never gotten to go to Israel yet. One of these days I will, whether through the airplane or through the cloud, I don't know. But I am telling you, those that have been over there, they have gone to the area where Sodom and Gomorrah once stood, but it was never rebuilt because God wasted it away so much that it could not be rebuilt. And that is that is that just shows the sovereignty, the power of God. And then he talks about how he can shut up a man, he can fully confine a man or imprison a man that he can never be freed. I'm telling you, God is in control. We don't fully understand why God does what He does, but God is in control. And then he talks about this, how God can send floods. And He can send droughts. And nothing, I'm talking about nothing, can be done to stop it. God can send a flood if He wants to. I don't think they've figured out any way to stop those hurricanes that are coming in. Do you? Nope. Big floods are coming. And God can send droughts, can't He? We've, most of us in here have lived long enough that we've seen something like that. Where it didn't rain for a time. And things did get bad for a time. And I'm telling you, I don't know. Well, they can see clouds and do all these things. No, no, no. If God decides it's not going to rain, it's not going to rain. If God decides there's going to be a flood, there will be a flood. Nothing to do to stop. Please understand this. Please understand this. Job is not making a statement that every time that something like that goes on in our world, that it's God that has caused that to happen. But he is saying very, very clearly, he is saying here that God can do those things if he so wishes. God's, God's power over this world is absolute. I'm here to tell you tonight that God does not need a nuclear bomb to destroy this world. No, 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 no. Uh, he can use something as simple as um, water. Can't he? No, he promised not to never do that again. I understand all that. But it, <clears throat> you know, it's an amazing thing. 
how God can make a 140 mile an hour straight wind come up and wipe out thousands of acres of crops if He so chooses to do that. It's an amazing thing that, that God... Well, well, it's a terrible thing. Boy, I'm telling you, that, that, that's a terrible thing. The devil's just... Let me stop it right there. The Bible says that God controls the weather. Yep. Isn't it, isn't it something that all of this unrest is going on? All of this stuff has been stirred up. All of a sudden, the biggest part of California is on fire. We've got two hurricanes that are coming in. You think that God may be a little upset with the United States of America? I'm telling you, God does what He wants when He wants. And I believe we can see it. I believe in reading our Bible, we can see it, how everything's coming together. And Jesus is going to come back one of these days. Now, it might be five days. It may be five weeks. maybe five months. maybe 50 years. I don't know. I'm not going to try to call the time. But things are beginning to come together. And we can know that since over 65 million babies have been aborted, I mean, their life snuffed out in the mother's womb, we can be pretty sure that God's not real happy with the United States of America. We can be assured that, that, that when people have turned their back on God the way that they have turned their back on God, and they talk against Him so openly anymore the way that they do, you have been keeping up with the news, haven't you? And it's getting worse and worse and worse, and now governments are trying to shut down churches where you can't even have services. They're, they're, they're giving fines. They're giving fines not only to the churches that are having services, now they're fining people for having Bible studies in their homes. I'm not making it up. It's happening. It's happening. You think God's happy with that? I don't think God's happy with that. You think God can do these things? Yes. Well, preacher, do you think God's doing that? I'm telling you, I don't put it past Him. Let me leave it at that. Because I do believe that enough of the United States of America has turned their back on God that God is beginning to lift His protective hand off the United States of America. And I believe we're seeing some of the things that we're seeing because... God wants it to be that way. God is sovereign. He is in control. Those things do happen. Verse 16 makes a really good point. It says, With Him, with God, is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are His. Um, we might not always understand, please stay with me here, we may not always understand why God does what He does in our world today. But we most definitely can be assured that whatever God does, or whatever He does not do, is decided with His wisdom. And it is according to His plan. If there is a God in heaven, and there is, and there's only one, and, that, and, and there is, and He is the one that created this place, and He did, and He is all now, all-knowing, all-powerful. He is the great Creator God. He is. Then why do we find it so strange? And why do we want to question His ways? And why can't we just find a place where we can trust Him if we say that we believe God the way that we do? Why do we find it so hard at times in our own lives just to hold on to God? God not only exercises His sovereignty over everything 
in this world, but he also exercises it over his over uh, people. The last part of verse number 16 there says, uh, the deceived and the deceiver are his. He leadeth counselors away spoiled and maketh the judges fools. He, he looseth the bonds of kings and girdeth their loins with a girdle. He, he leadeth princes away spoiled and overthroweth the mighty. He removeth away the speech of the trusty and take, taketh away the understanding of the aged. He poureth contempt upon princes and weakeneth the strength and uh, weakeneth the strength of the, the mighty. <clears throat> God's rule, God's rule governs the mighty and the weak. The counselors, according to Scripture, the counselors and the judges, the kings and the princes. He rules, He governs them all. Even though legislators pass laws, the courts, they hand down rulings. And kings make degrees, de- decrees. God's still in control. He's still in control. We can hold on to Him. We can trust Him. Listen to Psalm chapter 2. Verse 1, it says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall He speak unto them in His wrath and vex them in His sore displeasure. I'm telling you, God's in control. And it may seem like, it may seem like the wicked are going to take over this world, but they're not. Because there is a God in heaven. And we can trust Him. We can know that He has a plan. He, he, he exercises sovereignty over the provinces. Verse 22, He discovereth the deep things out of darkness, bringeth out, uh, out to light the shadow of death. He increaseth the nations and destroyeth them. Stay with me here. He enlargeth the nations and straighteneth them again. He taketh away the heart of the chief of the people of the earth and causeth them to wander in wilderness where there is no way. They grope in the dark without light. He maketh them to stagger like a drunken man. Um, we see the rise and the fall of nations is according to His will. It's according to His will. Let me say it again, and I think I've said it several times already during this, this, this series in Job. Um, I know I've mentioned it in passing the weeks past. There's no place in the Bible that it shows America to be a world power in the end days. No place. We're not going to be a world power. Well, what's going to happen, preacher? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make it clear. Not whatsoever. But we know this. God raised up this nation. Somebody say amen. He did. He brought, he, he brought men to this nation that wanted to worship Him uh, freely. And He used them to build what we have. He used them to do that. Absolutely. He raised up. He's blessed us tremendously in the United States of America. Absolutely so. And when He decides that's going to be over, it's going to be over. It'll be over. According to His will. As God commands, nations become empires or they become wastelands. But He's always in control. 
to really have a good um, understanding of Job's declaration of God's sovereignty, we, we need to back up just a little bit to verse number 6. Verse number 6 in chapter 12 says, The tabernacles of robbers prosper, and they that provoke God are secure. Into whose hand, excuse me, God bringeth abundantly. Do you see what it says? It's really something. It says that thieves prosper and rebels live in peace. And that is allowed by God. That makes no real sense to us. That's not our mindset. Why do all these wicked people seem to have all the money and prestige and the fame and all these things? And we're down here, we're trying to serve God. And man, we could use, you know, a little bit more ourselves. Um, I don't fully understand it. I mean, there's been times that there's been times that I've just wanted to pray, Lord, just wipe them all out. All these people, these people that have turned our nation into a sinful nation. Think about all the all the all the uh, uh, wickedness that goes on today in the different industries, the liquor industries, the pornography industries, the music industry, the, the, the movie industry. You think about all of that wickedness and you think, man, those people and look how they live and what they're doing and what they seem to get by with. And, and I just don't understand it. I don't fully understand it either. Makes no real sense. Because in our mindset as Christians, and as we, you know, as we we think about what God would have us to do and how God would have us to live, and as we try to live that way, I mean, our mindset is that the wicked should be brought low, the godly should be exalted. But we know that's not always the case. It's not always that way. We need to understand. We need to understand fully that prosperity in a man's life is no more a sign that that man is godly than suffering in a a person's life is a sign that that person is being punished by God. You might be thinking, okay, preacher, but then how are we supposed to go on living in this world? We, we can't even count on those that do wrong to be punished, and, and we can't count that those that do right to be rewarded. Well, we have to remember Job's answer. God is in control. Well, why does God allow that to happen? I don't fully understand it. I wish I could answer every question that you have about that. I'm telling you, that is something that I have pondered probably hours upon hours upon hours. I don't fully understand it. I just know that we can trust God because He's in control. Everything that happens in this world will ultimately fit into God's plan and it will ultimately be used to fulfill God's will. There's not a clearer demonstration of that than Calvary. When God sent His only begotten Son into this world, He knew exactly what Jesus was going to have to go through at the hands of wicked men. He knew exactly. Well, when we think of Calvary, we just think about a big cross on a hill, the sun shining behind it. Boy, what a beautiful place. It wasn't a beautiful place. 
It was a place of death. It was a place of torture. It was a horrible place. It was a place where the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, was nailed to a rugged cross and shed His lifeblood, tortured horribly. What well, makes no sense? The Son of God came to earth? Yes, He did. His name was Jesus. Well, man, why didn't He just fix everything then? Because that wasn't God's plan yet. Well, it seems like, no, 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 we can't go to it, it seems like. We can't go to that, we can't go to that. We look at God's plan. Well, well preacher, they took him, yes, he, he allowed that. And, and, and they beat him, yes, and he allowed that. And, and then they, they ripped his, his, his robe off and they tied him to a whipping post and they beat him unmercifully, yes, yes, he allowed that. And, and they cussed him and they mocked him and they spit on him and ridiculed him, yes, Yes, He allowed that. And then they put a cross on His back and marched Him through Jerusalem where people could mock Him and cuss Him and pull His beard out and and spit on Him over and over again. Yes, and He allowed that. And He went up to Golgotha and He laid down on that cross. No man forced Him. And He drove nails through His hands and nails through His feet. Yes, and, and, and He allowed that. Well, I don't understand that. I don't either, but I sure am glad it happened. Because He took on the sin of mankind. He took on my sin. He took on your sin. He shed His life's blood that day as a price for your sin and my sin. He did give up the ghost. He was laid in the tomb for three days, but at the end of that time, He did rise from the dead, victorious over death, and victorious over sin, and victorious over hell. But through that, through that very worst act of injustice that could have ever happened in this world, God provided salvation for sinners like you and me. I said the worst act of injustice that's ever happened in this world. Jesus Christ did not deserve one thing they did to Him. He was a perfect sinless man. You deserve it. I deserve it. He didn't deserve it. Well, I don't understand why God did it that way. You know what I've come to find out in my 36 years of being saved? We don't always have to understand everything that God does. We just have to trust Him. No matter what goes on. And let me go ahead and throw this in there. Sometimes the things bad that happen are because of the decisions we make. Aren't they? Well, I don't know why God would allow that to happen. Because He gave you a free will. Man, why do you think we teach and preach around here all the time? Listen to the Bible. Listen to God. Follow the Word of God. Apply the Word of God. Live the way that God says. Because I'm telling you, God's way is the best way. Well, preacher, Job was living the way that God, and look at all this stuff that happened. Yes, yes, that's what we've been studying now for some weeks. It's God's way is still the best way. 
God is not only in control, but God is to be feared. We have to get this. Come on, stay with me. It's not going to take long to get on this, but you got to get this. God is to be feared. He's to be feared. This will help anybody. Look at chapter 13 and verse number 1. It says, Lo, mine eye hath seen all this, mine ear hath heard and understood it. What ye know, the same do I know also. I'm not inferior unto you. Surely I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to reason with God. But ye are forgers of lies. Ye are all physicians of no value. Oh, that you would altogether hold your peace, and it should be your wisdom. Hear now my reasoning, and hearken to the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak wickedly for God? And talk deceitfully for Him? Will you accept His person? Will you contend for God? It is good that He should search you out. Or as one man mocketh another, do you so mock Him? He will surely reprove you if you do secretly accept persons. Shall not His excellency make you afraid? And His dread fall upon you? In this portion of Scripture, we have Job reminding us of two very important truths. These friends of his had come to offer help to Job. And they had taken it upon themselves to speak for God. Please get this. They had taken it upon themselves to speak for God. And the answers that they gave Job were given because they were convinced they were right. Please get this. They were convinced they were right. But Job knew that they weren't even close to being right. Not at all. So he compares them to a doctor who had made a misdiagnosis and because of that prescribes a wrong cure. Then Job, in verse number 6, he pleads with them to watch their mouths and to be careful with what they're saying. Verse 6 again, Hear now my reasoning and hearken to the pleading of my lips. I mean, he's, he's pleading with them. We need to be very careful. Please look up here. We need to be very careful about making judgments. We don't know what's going on in someone's life. We don't know what God's trying to do. We're not sure how God is working at any given time. And when answers are needed, we need to seek them from the Lord. We need to seek them from God. Job readily admits that he does not have all the answers. He cannot begin to explain why all of this has happened to him. And that's why he wants to talk to God about it. I need to talk to God. I need to hear from God. To give answers that God has not given just leads to giving unhelpful information. And that's what these guys have done. They've just given unhelpful information because they think they've all got it figured out. They know what needs to happen. Verse number 4, But ye are forgers of lies. Ye are all physicians of no value. Their intentions were good. I believe that. I believe that these three men, their intentions were good. I believe they wanted to give some help to Job. But they had already made up their mind why he was going through what he was going through. The answer they offered were wrong. Verse number 7 there says, Will you speak wickedly for God? He's talking to these guys. Will you speak wickedly for God and talk deceitfully for Him? 
And the seriousness of all this was very magnified because they truly believed that they were telling Job what God would have them to tell him. They believed it. Verse 8, will you accept his person? Will you contend for God? Over in James chapter number 3, verse number 1 says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Be not many masters, be not many teachers. But we could say it like this, be not many know-it-alls. We don't know everything that's going on. We don't know everything that has gone on. We don't understand everything that God might be trying to do. We have to remember that God holds us accountable for the judgments that we deliver. He holds us accountable for those things. God examines our lives and He discerns both our motives. Please get this. He discerns both our motives and our actions. Look at verse number 9 again. It says, Is it good that He should search you out? Or as one man mocketh another, do ye so mock him? He will surely reprove you if you do secretly accept persons. These friends of Job had searched him, judging him very guilty, uh, accusing him of having sin in his life, and that they would search Job and not think that God would search them would be a mockery, would it not? Come on, we're searching you out, Job. We got you all figured out. And for them to feel like that and to think that God wasn't going to search their life out, just a mockery. I'm telling you, God is not a respecter of persons. They had accused him over and over and over of secret sins. And it's crazy to think that they could do that to Job for his hidden sins and then not reproved by God, not be reproved by God for the hidden motives of their own hearts. The point that Job was making was that Eliphaz and Bildad had counseled Job to search his heart and make sure that he was right with God, as right with God as he claimed to be. And Job turned around and said that they need to take their own counsel. Hey buddy, are you listening to yourself talk? Maybe you ought to search your heart out. Maybe you got more problems than you think you do. No, no, I mean, he's turning it around on them. You know, he's saying, if God was to search you, would, would your hearts be as clean as you seem to think they are? I'm telling you, the best place that we can start in our prayer closet is with ourselves. Sin blinds you. No, it blinds you. No, 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 I'm telling you, somebody can come to church and sit in church when all the doors are open, every time the doors are open, and just be blind to sin that's in their life, their own sin in their life. They can think they have it all together. They can think they have all the answers. They think that they're right and everybody else is wrong. I'm telling you, sin can blind you. And the best thing that we can do when we climb into our closet, our prayer closet every day is first and foremost is God search me, help me. Shine the light in the darkness of my heart and show me anything in my life that should not be there and help me, dear God, to repent of those things. No, 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 no. Not to just say some meaningless prayer and get up and live the very same way, but to repent of such things, get our heart right with God, get our life right with God that we might go on. Because sin blinds you. I'm telling you, there's been more people, are you still listening to me? There's been more people chased out of good churches because of church members that thought they had the answers for somebody else's life.
have to be careful to make sure that we're not trying to judge everybody else. We have to be careful to make sure that we don't think we have all the answers. When God judges, He judges correctly. The judgment of God is according to His excellencies, His holy perfection. Verse number 11 there says, Shall not His excellency make you afraid? And His dread fall upon you? It's good to fear God. No, the thought of being judged by a holy God should make us fear. To talk to others on God's behalf should make um, to talk to others on God's behalf should make us dread misspeaking for God or misrepresenting God. <clears throat> I've heard stories of preachers in the past. that have gone to church members who were trying to do right and live for God and charged them with being sinners. And you're going to be lucky if God doesn't kill all your children. And it's going to be a miracle if you're not struck down by some sickness. I'm telling you, it takes a wicked man to do that. I'll say it again. It takes a wicked man to do that. Oh, it's different if a sin is open, vagrant, uh, flagrant. I mean, if they're just, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It, it, if it's, it's openly known, all that, that's, that's a different story. I'm, I'm not saying it's right that they would tell them stuff like that anyway. But to just try to get your own way or come up with your own conclusions or, 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 or misjudge somebody in that way, I'm telling you, God's not going to overlook that. Not going to overlook that. At this point, I believe Job's concern is very, very legitimate. He seems to understand that they they will one day answer to God for their judgment on him. And so, things like that gleaned from the book of Job, things like this book gleaned from the book of Job, it should really make us more careful in what we do and what we say. Because Job is not saying, please get this, Job is not saying that they should ever withhold truth from him. He, he wants to know the truth. But they, that they better make sure that what they're telling him is the truth. And, and that they, they make sure that their own hearts are right with God if they're going to take it upon themselves to speak for God. Because no matter what's going on in our life, God can be trusted. God can be trusted. Stay with me for just a few more minutes here. Look at verse 13 there in chapter 13. Job's still speaking. Hold your peace. Let me alone that I may speak and, 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 and let come on me what will. Wherefore do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in mine hand? Though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. But I will maintain mine own ways before Him. He also shall be my salvation. For an hypocrite shall not come before him. God can be trusted. At this point, Job lays out two intentions. First off, to seek the truth from God. He said, hold your peace, let me alone, that I may speak. 
and let come on me what will. I want to seek the truth from God. He, he tells them that they need to stop talking so that they can talk to God. And he is ready to receive, please get this, he is ready to receive whatever God has to say about all that has happened. God, I just want to know what's going on. I'm ready to receive whatever. Um, but not only to seek the truth, but to trust God no matter what might happen. That's what he said in verse 15. Though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. Though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. Job still has no idea whatsoever why the things that have happened to him have happened. But he is convinced. Stay with me, just a couple more minutes, come on. But he's convinced that whatever it is that God is doing is right. If it's in God's plan to kill Job, I mean, considering that his children were already gone, then he'd just go to his grave trusting God. Though he slay me. And in all of this, Job has reminded us of three great truths about God. Number one, God is in control. Number two, God should be feared. And number three, God can be trusted. No matter what's going on in our lives. We would do well to never forget those things as we go through this life. God is in control. God should be feared. And God can be trusted. We can trust the plan of God no matter what. We can trust His plan. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. One author wrote this. thought it was very good. He said this, Sooner or later, even the upbeat soul gets beat by life. We need a higher power, a deeper strength, a mightier word. I thought it was very good. Sooner or later, even the upbeat soul gets beat by life. We need a higher power, a deeper strength, a mightier word. We have to trust in the plan of God. We have to trust in God's plan. Well, Pastor, I don't always like God's plan. I know. I can't say I've always enjoyed it either. But I do know this, as I've just tried to hold on to Him through those times, as I have held on to Him and just trusted Him through those times, it sure has worked into a good life. And I do know this, at those different times, if I had just thrown in a towel and said, I don't know why God is doing this to me, I tell you, I don't know why God has done this, I don't know why God's going, I don't, I'm telling you, I'm just not going to go to church anymore, and it doesn't matter, and God don't care about me, and if I'd have done that, no telling where I'd be tonight. We have to trust His plan. Even when we don't know His plan. We know His plan is to help us to be more like Christ. 
But also we have to trust the purpose of God. Charles Spurgeon said, God is too good to be unkind, and He is too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace His hand, we must trust His heart. I really like it. God is too good to be unkind, and He's too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace His hand, we must trust His heart. You know, we know the end of the book, right? Job. Where God blesses him abundantly at the end. And he does that. He does that. God blesses him at the end for one reason. God just uh, Job just kept holding on to God. Didn't let go. Just kept trusting in His plan. Just kept trusting in His purposes. I know that times could be better. But our God's still the same. Let's purpose to hold on to Him no matter what we might go through, what we've gone through, what we're going through. Let's just purpose to hold on to God. Would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord. Thank You. It really blows my mind as I read Your Word, stories of such as this, So much bad has happened. And even people came into Job's life that if he wasn't careful, they could have turned him away from you. But he didn't let that happen. He purposed in his heart that he'd just hold on, that he'd just trust you, no matter what happened. And he came up with some great wisdom, Lord, even as he came back at his these friends of his who had accused him. He came up with some great wisdom that had to come from You. Lord, help us to learn. Help us to learn from Your Word that we might not end up shipwrecked one day. Help us just to hold on to You, to search our own hearts, to make sure that we are right where we need to be. Father, bless this time of invitation tonight. Work in our lives, we pray, and thank You for it in Jesus' name. Let's all stand to our feet for just a moment. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Some have already made it to the altar. You need to come tonight. We'll just let God have His way. Piano's going to play. We'll let God. We'll let God just have His way in our lives. Folks are praying. There's still time. You need to come, preacher. I don't understand what why why this is happening in my life. I might not be able to give you any direct answers. But I can tell you this, God is faithful. He'll see you through as long as you stay by Him. Hold on to Him. Brother Dan's going to sing a verse of that. When he's, as he sings, you still need to come. Just let God have His way. We'll not drag it out. You've been awful patient already, but God spoke to your heart. You need to come. Just let God have His way.